we've spent some time kind of moving through various things like healing and our basic faith and, and being led by the Spirit of God. We've been kind of lightly t- touching those. But probably the primary thing that will flow today has, got, has to do with, I labeled it a consistent life. So rather than stumble around here, what I'm trying to say, some things that would lead to a consistent life. Because what we need in our life is consistency. I thought about consistency quite a bit through the years because I've, I've, I've seen where my life needed some bolstering up in certain areas. I've seen where people that we've touched lives with, their lives seem to just be all over the place. And whether it's got to do with just life or if it's got to do with trying to walk with the Lord or trying to be Christian, you know, all these things people are trying to do. It just seems like that consistency is not there. And consistency, I just wrote down a few things. Eating, nutrition, consistency. You know, a lot of folks today are out there with their fighting battles with their lives, and especially older. I mean, all of a sudden they're middle-aged, and all of a sudden their heart is not working well, and they have all these different things. Well, they want to make a change right away. You know, they'll get excited. Oh, yeah, we need to do this, and they'll go on some kind of a diet, or they'll usually go to a drug. But but it's kind of what they've been doing over the last 20 years. Well, it's amazing how that applies to our walk with the Lord. <laughs> it really is. It's not an in or out thing. You know, well, even exercise. That kind of goes along with health and nutrition. But exercise, when do we need it? Well, something every day. You know, something, something every day. <laughs> and exercise can really apply to physical as well as mental. You know, that's a, just a little sidelight there, but... Even with people with the Alzheimer's things that we have in America, they found that people that keep their minds busy have less Alzheimer's. <laughs> They've also found that people that are more, I want to say, I like the term goal-oriented, people that still have some drive and vision, less of them have Alzheimer's. Now, this isn't set in concrete or you know, absolute, but there's so much difference of how we are doing something to stimulate a, a consistent lifestyle. It's much better. Prayer's obvious. You know, prayer. And, of course, teaching on faith recently a little more. It's what you do every day. It's a, it's a habit. Or not necessarily that, but any time there's an issue. You know, what's the first thing we do when there's an issue in our life? Do we frantically go to Facebook and tell everybody about it or whatever it is today? Or do we pray? Do we seek the Lord about that? See, it's a consistency. What I'm talking about here basically are habits of life. And they've proven that you can change any habit in about six weeks. Six weeks to 90 days. And, hey, I'm no different than anybody else. I have things in my life that someday I I want to be more, something more in that area. Well, I better start today, right? <laughs> so, and, and of course, this go, goes back to being led by the Spirit of God. I talked about that last week quite a bit. Uh, and maybe the, who knows how, when it was. But at the same time, it becomes a lifestyle. It becomes a habit rather than just say, well, one day I want to be spiritual. Let's see what God's saying today. It's like, hey, let's start practicing this. You know, books have been written on practicing His presence. Well, it's a reality. It's like that's a reality, practicing His presence. Why? He lives in us. 
you know, we don't ignore our big toe, do we? It's there. <laughs> Hope we, you know, we don't ignore the left arm. But He lives in us. Spirit of God is right here, set there to be followed. Not to run our lives, dictate, but to be available for every good thing, right? Every good thing. He's available for peace. He's available there to warn us if we are kind of off course and maybe headed in the wrong direction. And then the other thing you practice every day with all that is just simply belief. You believe God now? Did you believe Him yesterday? Did, did, you, did you reach into that, that reservoir of faith to just plain, plain believe Him? Because see, remember we've been in, in, in Hebrews 11 quite a bit. In Hebrews 11.6, it talks about... Uh, you turn there just as a review. It's okay to review these things. Hebrews 11.6 says what? But without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is. It's good to look at it, because that's the great faith chapter in the Bible. That's the history of the kind of the the history of the men and and women that throughout history that believed him. But without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So in other words, in South Dakota English, if we have a habit of seeking Him every day, He's a rewarder of that. How many like rewards? What, what kind of a reward would that lead to? A consistent lifestyle. Right? And isn't that what we want? Now let's just, let's go back over here. Come on in. Uh, let's go to Proverbs 3. Go ahead and turn to Proverbs. We'll take a little time today. I want you to see these in your Bible. If you become a fanatic like me, you'll be carrying a pen and a highlighter and you'll be scribbling all of your Bibles. And Hebrews, I mean Proverbs 3. Let's just read this in, in the theme of consistency of life. In verse 6, he said, In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Amen. Now, how many ways do you acknowledge Him? How many? Looking at your Bible, what does it say? If, if you're fanatic like me, you'll have your pen and you'll circle all. You'll circle all. Because in all your ways, acknowledge Him and what will He do? Now what is, but also in the this, in this margin here, to me it says smooth your path. How many need a little smoother life? Huh? A little smoother path. So what's the prescription then? The doctor's here. The prescription is, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And let's put it in our own thoughts. He'll smooth out your life. Wouldn't, you like, wouldn't that be nice? Because a smoother life. Now let's just go ahead and back up in Proverbs 3. It's a pretty good proverb. In verse, uh, starting in verse 3, Let not mercy and truth forsake you, but bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. How many want more favor? Okay. So, then verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Again, there's that big all, right? Where are you going to put your heart these days? See, he says, with all your heart, trust Him. That sounds easy, doesn't it? But again, it's a lifestyle. 
it produces a consistent life. Because we bring, we bring all that. And then lean not on your understanding. And then we get into verse 6, which says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. So, He doesn't want us to be stupid or dummies. But at the same time, He wants you to begin to lean on His understanding and His knowledge. And, of course, Proverbs talks a lot about wisdom and how wisdom will give you understanding, uh, revelation knowledge. So, 7, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to all your bones. Powerful passage there. Simple passage. Powerful. And then verse 9 says, Honor the Lord of your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. It's got to do with financial stability. Tithing is still good today. It's not a law. Some people want to say it, it, it law passed away, but tithing... It's not a day to teach on tithing, but really, if you want your life to move ahead, basically that carving off 10% for the Lord is pretty cheap because he adds 90% to it. So anyway, that's one of the things he says about the benefits of wisdom. Consistent life, consistently in all your ways, acknowledging him. Now, let's go to Romans 12. Again, this is a little uh, reiteration of a few weeks ago, but it fits so well today. Romans 12. Go ahead and turn there so you know where it's at. Right after Acts, if you found Acts. Just before 1 Corinthians, if you found that. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible because it brings up that word that I like so well. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as living, a living sacrifice, holy devoted, consecrated, well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. The word decisive dedication, as you can kind of see the flow today, it's kind of like pulling people more into that, I'm going to walk with the Lord kind of a day. It's a decision. We've talked about goals. Everything we do in life requires a decision. In the first part of today, we find out He'll help us with those decisions. We acknowledge Him. We acknowledge Him. How do we acknowledge people? Well, you know, hi, Clint, you're here today. Well, hi, Lord. <laughs> We're here with you today, Lord. What have you got for me today? Uh, what, what, do you, what would you have done today? I mean, acknowledging Him. He's there. Rather than He's... You know, I, I guess in all these years... So many times in the in the beginning and so on, you run into people and and they have such a kind of a strange idea about God. I don't know what it is, but you know, it's a lot of people. They're out there, the business type people, or even others, farmers, ranchers. Well, you know, I believe Sunday's for God. The rest of it's up to me. Has he ever heard that? I've heard it plenty. Yeah, Sunday, well, that's for God, but, you know, well, what'd you do for God this Sunday? Well, I went to church. Well, good for you. <laughs> did you get a star? You know, did you get the happy face? What, what'd you get today? Or what did you give out today? You know, what did you do today? Well, I, I'm not really here to make fun of people either, but you can see there needs to be that concept of really, uh, I like to see it as a divine partnership. I've always seen it that way. I'm for him and he's for me and, and I'm in to do what he tells me to do and, and, and he wants me to tell him 
some things I want too. He wants to visit with me sometimes. That's as I mentioned before. That's that's true communion. Communion has everything to do with that fellowship with Him, acknowledging Him. You're here, Lord. Let's sit down and talk a minute. He loves that. Believe it or not, He loves that. From there, we kind of move into some other things here. But in Romans 8:32, let's just glance at we're in Romans anyway. And since I was in 12, eight must be prior to that. It's a simple scripture. But he says in Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God wants us to trust him. More, I mean, it's always been that way. It's not a new day for him. And, you know, it's, but at the same time, I want to say it like this. We know America's in, and the whole world's upside down right now. They're upside down spiritually morally, financially, physically. We're all blessed here in America, and we've got all great things. We have a warm place to meet today and don't have to go down in some dungy basement hiding or anything like that. We have nice cars. We can drive around. We have so much. And it's so much that sometimes we forget where our source is. What if that changed in the morning? What if all these good things weren't there anymore? Now is time, right now. Boy, we better ask God, you know, because that's where a lot of people do. They leave God over here for that emergency day. And like I mentioned, I believe last time, or time or two, when it comes to health and healing, if we start believing Him now for our toothaches and our headaches and our sprained ankle or whatever it is, we might be more able to handle cancer if we get attacked with it. It's, a cut. it's just simple. We start with these little things. And even the things I mentioned a little earlier... Uh, about the consistent things that are part of a lifestyle, how we eat, our nutrition, our exercise, uh, the daily meditation of the Word, those kind of things. They add up. See, they're, st- they're putting something in a storehouse. That's a storehouse. Put that Word in your heart, and it's there, and it's there, and it's there. And some of the things that, uh, you know, honestly, just uh, uh, from a ministry standpoint, or even meditating with things going on in the days, there's things down in my heart that's been there 30 years, I imagine. And I'm always amazed when they come up. But see, the Holy Spirit put them there, and He knows where they're at, right. and tucked away in there somewhere. And if, when when He needs them to minister to somebody or or any situation at all, He can draw it up. It says so in Proverbs 20. It says, uh, "Wisdom in the heart of a man, uh, but a man I'm see, wisdom's in the heart, but the man of wisdom draws them up." Proverbs 20 somewhere, I think, or 20. Uh, counsel, 20 verse 5, counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Seek that wisdom. That's where, again, we haven't hit it hard, but praying in the Spirit will bring that up. It'll bring it up. We can't find it, but the Holy Spirit knows it's there, and He'll bring it up. Where's it upcoming from? From down here where He is, up to this thing up here that you want to function better sometimes <laughs> I mean you don't but but you see there's a confidence in that too I mean this is this is a, a freebie today you know out there they you know they have all their getting older jokes and I hate them I hate the I hate those jokes about well I'm getting old and I've got, I, I refuse to ex- acknowledge those kind of jokes or the senior moment stuff I, I'm not going there I'd like to have a lot more recall, but you know what? When I need to know something, I ask the Lord, and, and in, in a little while, here it comes. 
names that I would never be able to think of in it, ever. Names that go back and just strange things. But see, it's all in there. Does that fit with today? I don't know. <laughs> but it does. It's calling on that reservoir. And it all starts with acknowledging Him in all our ways. Amen? Then just uh, kind of drifting on through that in terms of the goodness of God. We saw that in Romans 8.32. He didn't spare His Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not also give us freely give us all things? Then we see a reiteration of that with in Matthew. This isn't a hundred scripture day, but these are kind of some good supporting evidence. How many like evidence? Uh, it's seven in verse eleven. Of course, he's Jesus speaking, and he's speaking to some people that are evil. But he said, "If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him?" I think that's a wonderful scripture for people that are trying to sort out who God is, because it's like as a dad and a grandfather, I just have to sometimes, I mean, sometimes that, that hits you. I think how much I love my grandchildren and my children and my wife. And I get a glimpse of how much God loves me. In fact, just recently, and she doesn't like me to say this, but I was looking at Sandy and I, I just thought how much I love her. And I almost got tears because I said, that's how much God loves me. Only more. Because we're not capable of everything He's got. But think about that. It's not all bad to think about that sometimes, is it? So then as when Abraham and Sarah were there and she's laughing, but anyway, it's this said, is there anything too hard for God? No, he loves us. So that drifts into another little subject. If he loves us and gives us good things, how about the bad things? What do you think about those? So what we do is we we deal with that because it's just been hate to say it, but even this week, go to First Corinthians ten thirteen. This is called knocking over a few sacred cows. I don't like to spend a lot of time on this, but First Corinthians chapter ten. I'm going to deal with something because it's my job, right? I don't get paid that way, but that's <laughs> not my job. But <laughs> First Corinthians chapter ten. Okay. How many have recently heard, well, God won't give you any more than you can stand or handle? Anybody heard that lately? How do you think about that verse? God won't give you any more than you can handle. Do you like that? No. Where do you think it's in the Bible? Where do you possibly think that's in this Bible? No. It's not. Here's what's said. It's in Romans, First uh, Corinthians ten thirteen, And I say this to help you. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except is common to man. Now, first of all, where did the temptation come from? Who tempted Jesus? Okay, and I've got another scripture to talk about too. Uh, just keep your fingers right there. We'll deal with this right now because this may change. This may be something that's uh, bothering somebody here today or on the sound of this podcast because they're going out to a lot of people. Let's go to James chapter 1. Keep your finger there in 1 Corinthians. Everybody in James chapter 1, just right after Hebrews. First book right after Hebrews. Are you there? Yep. Okay. Chapter, what does say, verse 13 say? It says, Let no one say when he is tempted, 
And that same word, you can look it up, tempt, tested, or tried is all the same. They're all synonymous. They all mean the same thing. Tempt, tested, or tried. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, and that could say tested, I am tempted or tested by God. What did it say? Using that synonym of testing? It says, let no one say when he is tested, I'm tested by God. Is that what it says? For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He Himself tempt anyone. In other words, test anyone. The only testing that's valid in the Bible is when He was working with Abraham, creating that seed for the Jews. And it valid. He had to see what Abraham was made of at that time because Abraham was creating his chosen race of people. So keep that marked in your Bible. Let no one say when he is tested, I am tested by God. See, right up above there with your eyes, keep looking here. We've hit on this a few times, but in, in verse 2, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Well, nine times out of ten, people say, Well, God tried. God was the one that tested me. But down here in 13, it said it couldn't be. But in James 1, and James 1 chapter, uh, verse 2, again, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, and of course, that testing more means challenging, challenging of your faith, what does it produce? Patience, patience which means endurance, perseverance. We go these things, through these things, guess what? God didn't do that to us. But if we use the Word of God and build that back up, what do we have? Perseverance and endurance. We get harder to trick every time, don't we? Huh? <laughs> if you fool me once, good uh, you, but fool me twice, shame on me, or something like that. And that's the way it is. We can't fall for His tricks all the time. So the tester, if there's any testing, who's it going to be? The evil one. Or our flesh. You know, it can be our flesh. Just making stupid decisions. Can't blame the devil for everything. That's right. So let's go back to verse Corinthians. I, I'm knocking over a sacred cow here today because you know what? If, if it's just as simple as this. I don't have to straighten out the whole world. But if I'm bringing faith into people's lives and I allowed a lie to fester there, how can you believe him next time if you thought he's the one that gave you whatever it is? And that's the thing I can't figure out. I mean, well-known TV preachers will talk about God testing them. And I can't figure it out. Because if He gave you that illness to test you, what would you learn from it? Yeah. Or if you'd have died, who'd have, who'd have learned what? Yeah. You know, I, I could never figure this out. You know, people say, well, He took my baby to, to test me or something. I think, are you serious? What, what the... What did the preacher say when I, a 12-year-old with one eye and a half a sense could figure that one out? <laughs> you know. So, no temptation has, over, has overtaken you except such as common to man. In, we're back in 1 Corinthians now. But, man, but God is faithful who allow you to be tempted, will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but will with that temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Uh, there's some accountability here. Let me explain how that what that's really saying. I think the Amplified's good too, but I don't happen to have that today. I know Pat does, but I'll just uh, it it has to do with 
we go through these trials. We, we go through these things that we shouldn't allow to happen. But in our experience, including the recent one, there has been a way of escape presented by the Lord that we ignored. Amen. For us, it's been more financial disasters. But there's always something. When you're moving into a situation, there's always some way the Holy Spirit is there to warn you. He's such a gentleman. It's so quiet. It's so subtle sometimes. Uh, it's, 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 it's a peaceful thing, but He'll try to warn you with some way. Mm-hmm. That's the way of escape. And in all these years, we've, we've, we've made some mistakes. And, and we will go back, first of all, never blame God, ever. But go back and review. When did I first know there might be an issue? Huh? And I don't mind telling you about the recent experience. Because Sandy and I are not ashamed of anything if it will help you grow or us grow. We were in Rapid City and made a solid decision between the two of us to forget about this particular dinner. No, but I mean that they were going to worry any more about the food because we, we didn't have a piece. We didn't know. I mean, it, we just didn't quite have a focus on what was we should be doing. Didn't quite have it there. We made a decision between the two of them. Yeah, well, let's just, let's just table it for now. And, but we changed our mind halfway up the interstate. Now, am I going to beat myself up? No, but I'm going to learn from it. Yeah, Sandy was warned. So, I'm telling you, it's not his fault. Well, we just, you know, it's so subtle. It's just like, yeah. So I'll take that one on myself, sure. Because I'll be better next time. Yeah. Next time I make that solid decision, which we've been pretty good at it over the years in the last 10, 15 years. But it can sneak up on you. Would you say now after all this expounding on this that he won't give you any more than you can handle? See how that doesn't fit? Because it puts all the blame on God. All of it. And then you have to say, well, what can you handle? Can you handle death <laughs> in the immediate body? <laughs> you know, so I bring that out because it's, I want your faith to grow. And there's no way you can believe God to heal you if you believe He's the one that made you sick. Or He caused you a wreck or anything. There's no way. He's not a double-minded man like in James. It talks about a double-minded man. You've dealt with double-minded people. God's not double-minded. Amen? Well, I don't want to beat it to death. But at the same time, uh, I put in my notes in my Bible uh, just simply accountability and maturity. Become accountable with everything. Don't, that doesn't mean you, you beat yourself up and you're blaming yourself all the time or going back and rehearsing all this stuff, because we won't. We'll heal up and we'll go on. I'm not going to go beat ourselves up or say, Sandy, you know, we should, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, that just takes you down a bad road right there, doesn't it? So praise God. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I did hit that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he will make a way of escape. And so he'll warn us ahead of time. Yeah, we have to heed it. So, you know, just a kind of a summary here a little bit. Areas to acknowledge God. Well, finance is a great one. In finances, how do you acknowledge him? So, so something. Next thing you do is believe him. Next thing you do is reap the harvest. How about healing and health? Sow the word, believe him, reap health. How about wisdom? Sow the word of God in there. Sow word in there. Sow wisdom in there from his word. Believe him and reap. 
So I just wrote those three steps down. It seemed kind of natural that we'd sow it, we'd believe Him for it, and we'd reap the harvest. And we reap. Gather in the harvest. Knowing that He wants us to have everything freely. Probably covered about everything I had in my mind today, but I, I guess the bottom line is He wants so much to bless His people. And the only way He can really get that done is if we really press in and acknowledge Him in all that we do. That consistent life. It's what we do every day. And I heard Sandy was good, and I didn't mean to cut her off, it's just that that 91st Psalm was was a, a, a good example because the testimony I have, of course, is that after browbeating people for years about confessions, I'd never done it myself. Does that sound like normal? So several years ago, I just made... Uh, you've heard again. It's okay. I'll reiterate it. Several years ago, I said, you know what? I am going to get consistent with something in confessions. Because, you know, we came back from the day when everybody write these books on confessions. They were that thick, and you'd... Are they mimeograph them or whatever then, copy them, and then it got into emails and all these confessions. And I'm like, my Lord, I could never deal in the, I could never do all those. You know, it'd take you all day uh, to read all these confessions. I said, I can't do that. It's never worked for me. It's kind of like when I decided to, uh, to, to jog because my health was needing it, and, and I decided I would start running, and it's like, it's like I didn't go... I went to a health club in Colorado and all it was 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 beasts and their naked women. I said, that's not what I want. I want my health to be better. Uh, I mean, really, these health clubs. Geez. So what I found out was if I wanted to get my health better and wanted to run, uh, what I could do is get up and put my shoes on in the morning and get out the door. Rather than go into this big thing about i got to join that club and drive over there and do this and, and get a trainer and all that. Well, that's all good. But that's how I am about this Word of God. So I said, I'm going to take this 91st Psalm, and I just happened to uh, decide to do it in the Amplified Bible, which that is immaterial, really. But I copied it out of the Amplified Bible, and I said, I'm going to do this in a very non-spiritual way, you might say, or religious way, non-religious way. I'm just going to read it out loud to myself once a day. It doesn't have to be four in the morning because some people think you have to pray at four in the morning or five in the morning. I had a guy say, well, you know, the Jews, their day starts the night before. So if you want things to happen, you've got to pray the night before. I said, okay, great. You know, <laughs> people have all kinds of ideas. But the idea was sometime during the day between the time I got up and, and went to bed that night, I would read this psalm out loud to myself. How many here could do that? Didn't have to memorize it. Yeah, you might as well raise your hand. You're the only one that didn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I really am. But you, it, it's it's the kind of thing you start... I begin to do that. I didn't notice any difference whatsoever. It just happened to be at the time I was flying airplanes for a big outfit out of... took a year off from our life and flew airplanes out of South Denver. So a lot of days it was up at 5.30, 6.30 load up, take doctors somewhere, whatever the type might be. So I just packed that little sheet of paper with me. Sometime I'd stop and I'd read that. And, and, and it was, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Well, that's an interesting thing right there. Mm-hmm. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. Mm-hmm. 
Isn't that amazing? Just those first verses. No folk can withstand. We stay tucked in there. So anyway, I won't go on and demonstrate that, but I'm not a memorizer, but within, I'd say, about four or five months, all of a sudden, a couple things happen. I started getting revelation knowledge about so many things that I'd never been into before. Then when it got in there, because I made the Lord my uh, the most time, I, my, the Lord my dwelling place, and I'm not, I'm getting tangled up now in the middle of it. Uh, there shall no evil befall me, nor any plague or calamity come near my tent. Now I'm looking at that one day, one day, one day that tent, and I said that tent, that's my family, that's my household, and I declared, and it began to happen was this this faith for my family grew immensely. Now, I'm not saying that nothing's happened since then, but we certainly haven't lost any family members at the same time. But I I just gathered such a faith in my heart for my household and began to proclaim that and those blessings and that protection over my, my wife, my marriage, my family, my children, grandchildren, to 100 generations. So what's the point? A simple... Dedication, a decisive dedication to that one thing every day and every day and every day. It's still in me. Anytime, anytime the night or day, man, it could, what, honey? Oh, that, that just rolls up. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no folk can withstand. I will say, see the say, I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge, He's my fortress, He's my God. On Him I lean and ride, in Him I confidently trust. Then He will remove me from the snare of the fowler and the deadly pestilence. He'll cover me with His feathers, and under His wings shall I trust and find refuge. His truth and His faithfulness Thus are my shield and my buckler, and I shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor the evil plots of the slanders of the wicked that fly by day. Amen? Amen. And on and on and on. So there's so much. You don't have to do what I did, but it's acknowledging Him. Putting something deep in there that acknowledges Him. Consistent life. How many would like a consistent life? Yeah, we we work at that every day. What's What's in your life you'd like to change? Hey, start now in all your ways. Acknowledge Him and He'll smooth out your paths. Praise the Lord. Father, thank You for Your Word. In Jesus' name, I I bind this Word to my heart. And I thank You, Lord, for putting into everyone's heart that's here today, producing life, life life-giving words, and bring us into that, that place, Father, that place that just that special place with you, Father, that special place of peace, Father, knowing that you are the provider of good things, not bad things. You produce the good things and shelter us from the bad things. So thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll take the first Psalm and the 91st Psalm, start studying it in your Bibles and start following every cross-reference in those two Psalms, pretty quick you'll be in the whole Bible. <laughs> And the lights will just, I mean, it's just all right there. You know, first psalm has got to do with meditating the Word day and night, being like a tree planted by streams of living water. That was, that was the next one I tackled, and it's been there for all these years. I begin what I begin to see. I mean, this is just personal. I begin to see myself as an oak tree. I begin to see myself as a tree. 
you know. Well, self, self, you know, that's okay, right? <laughs> See yourself as, as something strong and planted by, the by streams. Yeah, and living water is the Word of God, of course. And, and then in Jeremiah, it talks about that too. And there's a, I, I got a, finally saw where people talked about streams. Um, were planted by certain streams. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got to do with, hey, the Word of God. We have such a heritage.